0: We aren't always good about passing the the ball around. So if you have something to say, speak up.
1: Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. This episode is sponsored by JetBrains, makers of RubyMine. If you like having an IDE that provides great inline debugging tools, built-in version control, and intelligent code insight and refactorings, check out RubyMind by going to jeffrains.com ruby. This show is sponsored by Heroku Postgres. They're the largest provider of Postgres databases in the world and provide the ability for you to fork and follow your database just like your code. There's easy sharing through data clips or just for your data, and to date, they have never lost a bite of data. So go and sign up at postgres.heroku.com. This podcast is sponsored by New Relic. To track and optimize your application performance, go to rubyrogues.com slash new relic. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the Ruby Rogues podcast. This week on our panel, we have James Edward Gray.
0: Yay, Regex!
1: We also have Avdi Grimm. Hello from Jetlag. Katrina Owen.
2: Hello from Jetlag's neighbor.
1: Josh
3: Susser. Uh, Good morning from San Francisco.
1: I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And uh, we also have a special guest, and that's Nell Shamrell.
4: Greetings from Seattle, and double yay, (laughs) regexes!
1: Awesome. Now, before we get started, one thing I want to mention really quickly is that we put together an Indiegogo, well, we being I, I put together an Indiegogo campaign for us to get a much better website. Um, It'll also include a lot of features that people are asking for uh, regarding the podcast. So if you want to donate and you appreciate the show, If you go to rubyrogues.com slash Indiegogo, uh, just go over there and contribute. Really appreciate it. There are also some spots for corporate sponsorship. So if your uh, employer is interested, uh, have them go and give us money too. All right, let's let's get into uh, regular expressions.
0: Chuck, you did not have Nell introduce herself.
1: I did not have Nell introduce herself. Come on,
0: keep up with the plan here. Come on.
1: Okay, Nell, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
4: Alright, I'm Neil Shamrell. I'm a Ruby developer based in Seattle. I work for Blue Box. We're a managed hosting provider specializing in customized solutions. I've been doing regular expressions for a couple of years now and enjoy them very much, and I'm delighted to be able to talk about them.
1: I have to say nice things about Blue Box Group. They're actually providing us with our hosting and uh, are our sponsor of the show. So
3: And they have the best swag at conferences. Yay! <laughs> Yes, I have at least two other T-shirts.
4: That's awesome. I'm definitely gonna pass that off to our marketing director. She'll love it. Oh,
3: I I always love the swag from Blue Box. I, I the the flashlights they uh, gave us at uh, GoGoruko a couple years ago are awesome. I still use mine. I missed out on flashlights. <laughs> yes, gotta come to GoGoruko sometime.
4: We might have some extra. I'll see if I can find some.
2: <laughs> okay, I can kick this off. Regex, <laughs> how do you pronounce it? <laughs> I well, personally say regex.
0: Me too, yeah. And the Ruby way of putting the P on the end of it, that's just horrible. Shame, shame, lots of shame.
4: It's kind of <laughs> unpronounceable. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I think I'm going to go in and create a gem, and all it really does is alias rege- regex to regex. <laughs> there you are. No.
3: That won't confuse anything. <laughs> right. No, not at all. But, but you could probably use a, a, a regex to match either regex or regex p. Yeah, maybe.
4: Very <laughs> much p could. with a question mark p, uh, would probably work.
3: I <laughs> <That> would,
0: right. <work. laughs>
3: so, 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 so where, where, why do we use regular expressions? What are they good for?
0: Great question.
1: Absolutely. No, never mind. <laughs>
0: before,
2: before we actually go there, what are they?
4: How I define them is I say they're patterns for strings. A string can either match the pattern or it doesn't match the pattern. That's how I usually define it for students.
2: So how is this different from a wild card? It's
4: a lot more, spe- you can be much more specific uh, than a wild card. You can define context with lookarounds. arounds. Uh, it's much more fun. They're much more powerful than a wild card, I think.
3: Yes. And, and where did they come from? That's a great question. I mean, mean, what?
4: Uh, One of the. I was looking this up on Wikipedia uh, last night, and they're credited for being invented by Stephen Cole Clean. He was a mathematician in the 1950s. He was one of the founders of computer science theory. Oh, and that's where we get the Clean operator. Exactly, exactly. The Clean Star. Yep.
0: So we should probably (laughs) mention, though, that historically, regular expressions were used to match regular languages. But over the years, we have enhanced the heck out of them. Indeed, Um, we have. So, you know, one thing you'll run into is people tell you things like, oh, you can't match balanced parentheses with regular expressions because that's not regular, which would be true of pure regular expressions, but is not true of our modern-day regular expressions.
1: So we kept the name?
0: We did keep the name, yes, but they are... Absolutely enhanced, and they, they can match some non regular things like balanced parentheses.
4: A good way to see that is to compare grep's regular expression engine with egrep's regular expression engine, and you can see how much it advanced just from grep to egrep. It's advanced further from there.
2: Yeah. So, I actually, I look, looked up what a regular language is on Wikipedia, and I have to admit that I think you might need four years of uh, science um, and computer science theory to actually understand the article because I have no <laughs> idea what it said.
3: Yeah, oh, the you've math, The math editors got their hands on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, regular languages versus like context-free grammars and stuff gets really ugly. So, it's probably just best to say that. Regular expressions have come a long way, and they can match some crazy hairy things. I mean, uh, modern regex engines like Pearls or Rubies, you can do uh, recursion inside of them, conditionals, blah, blah, blah. They, they're they probably Turing complete. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it wins. I,
4: I was wondering that myself. Uh, I came across an article just yesterday. It was on the, I think the status code newsletter, and it was by someone who used Perl regular expressions to perform arithmetic. And it was absolutely fascinating to see how he did it.
2: Yeah. Third. Okay. So back to Josh's question, when the thing that we're trying to do when we use regular expressions is arithmetic, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. I, I, I use it for generating MIDI tones and, and playing music.
0: <laughs> oh, there we go. So, I always describe regex as kind of a mini-language for describing search and replace functionality. So, like, if you want to define something and then potentially replace it with something else, which isn't strictly regular expression, but any language that introduces them kind of centers around that concept. So it's kind of a language for being able to describe Find this, followed by this, perhaps with an optional this, blah, blah, blah.
4: In a way, it sometimes seems like we're making human language comprehensible to the machine. In mm. a way.
3: I think the first time I ever saw regular expressions was on the Unix command line. When, yeah, they're when still I, used there a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I had to change something in a file and I, and I was fiddling around and found that I don't even know what it was back then it was probably it was probably wasn't even unix it was probably some crazy old operating system and I and there was this snowball language and and uh, you could do you know the kind of awk and sed type stuff in snowball so that was uh and, and and it took me many years to get over that <laughs> so now now <laughs> I'm not qu- now now regular expressions i think are 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 actually really cool and you can do a lot of interesting stuff with it. But I remember, you know, years ago, they were probably the most intimidating thing about dealing with computers for me.
4: I did a presentation on at Seattle RB on regular expressions recently, and I started it off by saying I've been intimidated by regular expressions. And I asked everyone in the audience to raise their hand if they'd been intimidated by regular expressions and every hand in the room went up.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing for us to talk about, uh, actually, because I have noticed, I mean, I have just run into so many people over the years that are literally afraid of regular expressions to the point where many of them go so far as just not learning them, uh, you know, because they're, they're that afraid of them or, or some people go a little bit down the rabbit hole, but you know, the bare, bare minimum. And it, it's surprising to me how many people seem intimidated by them. And I was, I was just going to throw it out there. Why do we think that is? It, it's
3: the learning curve. You know, the, it, the, the learning curve is like, I don't know, like a, a reverse hockey stick. It starts off completely vertical. And then, and, and after, <laughs> and, and after you manage to get yourself up past this, like that, that initial threshold, then it levels off really, you know, you know, for a while.
1: It's is so, it, it's funny Basically, that you say that, but. For me, the, the learning curve wasn't that bad until I tried to get into some of the more advanced things like look-aheads and stuff. But, you know, initially, like, the dot, the dot star, you know. Yeah, but, but
3: what the heck are they? It's like you look at them and, and there's no place to get a foothold.
0: Uh, I think you nailed it there, right? We often talk about how regular expressions look like Snoopy swearing or something like that. I <laughs> <laughs> it's that very alien nature of them that you know it just looks like a bunch of strung together characters that have no meaning whatsoever until you learn to break it down into chunks that have meaning right i think (laughs) it's that alien aspect
1: yeah it's very it's very difficult to uh visually parse it
4: I've uh, been on a major Stargate kick lately, and analogy. Oh, thank you. Is that it's kind of like seeing those hieroglyphics or those Stargate symbols for the first time, and you have no context in which to define meaning from them at first.
0: What a cool example!
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I wonder if you could use regular expressions to parse gate addresses.
4: (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh, I need to play with that now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's an XKCD. Right there. So <laughs> yeah,
1: now, now, is that the seven character ones or the rare eight character ones? I, I think there was even a nine Chevron yeah, one. I yeah, that
3: was in Stargate Universe. Uh,
1: Stargate Universe. The 9 Chevron. Oh, that's right. That's how they got on the ship that they couldn't get back off of.
0: Yeah. Don't, <laughs> spoil <it. laughs> hey, don't spoil it. No
1: spoiler.
0: Spoiler. Sorry. So, um, Uh, We talked about how they're intimidating, but the truth is they're actually not that complicated. If you sit down and break it down, I love to tell the story, but my wife came home one time with this big problem from work and they were basically sorting through a ton of data and they didn't know a good way to do it. And and she literally came to me and was like, they're going to put three people on this and it's going to take us weeks, you know, look at this. And she showed me the problem. I'm like, oh, you just need some regex, you know. And I sat down in one evening and taught her about eh, 75, 80 percent of regular expression in one evening and um, made a cheat sheet as we went so she could take it with her to work the next day and found a program that she could install uh, you know, on that computer that would let her run regex against a bunch of files. And so she did that job solo, you know, in a couple of hours, as opposed to uh, all these resources they were going to throw at it. So I think the intimidating thing is sad, and we need to do a better job of telling people that this is something you can learn, and it's very powerful.
2: I think part of what's intimidating about it is that people often, the first time they see it, They haven't been prepared for it. It just kind of comes out of the blue. It's this uh, magical incantation that's already in a program that might seem incomprehensible or difficult to wrap your brain around. And if we had, if we just introduce it the way, the way you introduced it to your wife, it might just be okay. You can just show the, show people the simple parts first and then you can kind of blow their mind by how incredibly powerful it can get.
4: One of the pieces of advice I give people is regular expressions are iterative. The kind of the same way programming is. I mean, you start very, very small at first and then build from there. And that helps keep it from being so overwhelming.
0: So I've actually taught it that way. I taught a class at a local community college. And when it came uh, time to show them what regular expression were, Um, I actually did it that way, and my rule was I was not going to explain it to them. They were going to explain it to me, and I just opened up an IRB session, and I picked strings and uh, threw regular expressions at it in a way that they could see what was matched, and um, I just kept doing that over and over again with examples until they figured out what a particular character meant. And then they wrote it up on the whiteboard, and we just did that for a couple hours until they had, you know, specked out most of the regex syntax.
1: Nice. That's really cool. By the way, you mentioned that you put together kind of a cheat sheet for your wife. You wouldn't happen to have that where people can get to it, would you?
0: Um, I don't, but uh, just use... Um, Uh, The Ani Garuma has a really great uh, syntax sheet, and I'll put a link to the show notes in. That's one page anyone playing with regex ought to have bookmarked. It's just insanely useful.
4: If you go to rubular.com, not only is it a great place to test your regular expressions and develop them, but they have a very good basic cheat sheet uh, at the bottom of that web page that's really useful.
0: Which is maybe a good time to mention there are some tricks for managing regular expressions. And Nell actually started a, a thread on Parlay a while back about refactoring them. And tons of people um, threw tips in there. And one of the great ones, uh, I forget who said it now, actually. Uh, but one of the great, it was uh, Myron Marston said that he'll play around on Rubular and figure out his regular expression. And then there's a mode in Regex where you can insert comments, and he'll hit make permalink on Rubular and insert it as a comment in the regular expression so he can later go back and see the playing around he was doing. Um, I was,
4: oh, I was so happy when I saw that comment. That's absolutely perfect.
0: Yeah, it's a killer trick.
1: Yeah, well, it gives you a, a very easy reference point so you can go modify it if you need to. What kinds of gotchas have you guys run into with uh, regular expressions? I mean, I could start it out just by talking about the, what is it? The little carrot hat character and the <laughs> dollar sign character. And I used that for a mm-hmm. long time and then found out that uh, that represents beginning of line and end of line, not beginning of string and end of string. And that, that was a gotcha that I had to work around and instead use the backslash A and backslash Z in order to make it. You know, beginning yeah, that, and of then, string and end of string. That that was one that messed me up
3: for a while. And, and then there's like the upper and lowercase a and z, uppercase I mean, and there,
0: are, lowercase a and z. Yeah, but yeah. there's that upper and lowercase z. The a is the a is always uppercase.
1: Oh right, yeah. The what's the difference?
0: The difference is the uppercase z matches at the end of the string, uh, but it will allow a. New line following it, so there can be a new line at the end of the string. The lowercase z matches at the end of the string. Period. No, there, there can't be anything after it.
3: Yeah. Has. So the the uppercase C is like the end of the last line, right? Or the it doesn't include the trailing Correct. white space. Yep. Yay. Okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, for for me, it's those um it's those modifier characters off at the uh, at the end of the regular expression. It's like I never know when I need them,
4: right? Uh, I'd say the ones, those, the ones I use the most are i, which makes it case insensitive, and uh, x, which allows you to break it up over multiple lines.
3: Yeah, and but but it's like there was g for a while that had to use everywhere. It's like to do global, like okay, I want to.
0: That's a uh, Perl thing, right?
3: Well, it was maybe it was in PHP too. I don't know, but the I remember having to use g to do. multi-line matches or or multiple matches, I guess. But Yeah, in, that's in
0: so in Perl and maybe PHP, I don't know. Um, they they turn a regex from a single match into a global match by tacking on the slash G at the end. And these are called regex modes, by the way, when you throw characters on the end of a regular expression. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they turn on global mode and it's how they get it to go global. In Ruby, we don't really have that problem because, um, we call sub if we want to match once and g sub if we want to match everywhere, right? Yeah. Oh, oh
3: you, you want to hear something amusing about that? I, um, yes, please. Th- about the difference between sub and g sub. Have you ever benchmarked the performance of them comparatively?
0: Uh, probably
3: not. No, I, I did a bit of benchmarking just one day I was curious and I benchmarked sub versus G sub and G sub was consistently faster than sub, even for single (laughs) substitutions.
0: Wow. That's strange. Yeah. I don't know
3: what was going on, but that's what was happening.
0: So you, you brought up a good point there on regex speed and, and Chuck asked earlier, what are some of the gotchas? And I would say this bites everyone. Eventually they write a too general regular expression, especially if you nest uh, quantifiers. So like, plus mm-hmm. and star or something like that, and you may not realize it, but as soon as you do that, you make your regex exponential. So then if you hit it with a big enough input <laughs> and and the regex engine can't optimize it away, uh, then, um, then basically, you know, you'll need the heat death of the universe before your regex matches. Catastrophic um, backtracking. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly.
1: Could, could that so, happen on a very large CSV file, for example?
0: On a very large CSV file, that can definitely happen, you bet. Um, so uh, there's lots of tricks for uh, getting around that. And there's a very famous technique in regex called unrolling the loop, uh, which is in, uh, it, I think it comes from Mastering Regular Expression, the really great O'Reilly book on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they teach you how to write a regex so that you don't have that problem. And um, another tip, just any one tip I would say that can really save you from that is anchor whenever possible. So those things we yes. were talking about earlier, like backslash A and backslash Z, those are anchors. And not only do they help you get better matches, but anchors allow the regex engine to cheat a lot. So like if it knows that it'll have to be at the end then it can rule out just tons of possibilities so the more you anchor the more it can cheat its way to a match very quickly.
4: A couple of more advanced techniques for that is one is using atomic groups which basically means you enclose part of the regular expression in a group and you turn off backtracking for that specific part. Uh, the other is to use possessive quantifiers.
1: You you just use some terms that for techniques that I may have used in the past, but I'm not really sure what you're talking about.
4: Okay, uh, so a possessive quantifier. Uh, do we want to get into greedy quantifiers, lazy quantifiers, and possessive quantifiers now, or uh,
0: sure, <laughs> go, right <laughs>
4: <ahead>. <laughs> go right ahead. All right. So, what a greedy quantifier does, and quantifiers like plus and star are greedy by default, is it grabs the entire string and tries to make a match. And then, if the entire string doesn't match, it'll backtrack one character, then backtrack one character. It'll try every way possible to make a match. This uses a lot of system resources. What I usually say is they use maximum effort for maximum return. A lazy quantifier, uh, by contrast, starts at the very beginning of the string and tries to match the first character. If that doesn't match, it uh, goes to the next character character, and the next character. Basically, they use minimum effort for minimum return. I mean, they're, they're lazy. They do just enough to make the match. A possessive quantifier uh, uh, uses Basically, it takes the entire string, like a greedy quantifier, but it doesn't do any backtracking. If it can't make a match, it just lets it go. It fails it. So it uses minimum effort for maximum return is what how I usually define it.
3: And, and how do you spell those things? Like one of them is like colon question mark. A of, is that the non-greedy one?
4: Uh, that's uh, uh, The non-greedy one, I believe, is uh, exclamation point question mark. Okay. And then possessive is question mark plus sign. Okay. Or wait, I don't know if that was right.
0: <laughs> it's, you add, a, you add to get the lazy one, you add a question mark on the end of any quantifier. So if, that's correct. The greedy one is plus, and then the lazy one is just plus question mark, right? You just throw a, uh, throw a question mark on the end of it. And um,
1: those are wrapped in, uh, parentheses, correct? No, no.
0: That you can you can use parentheses to group something together and then apply them to the end, so they apply to the whole group. But by default, they apply to whatever atom. It's called an atom in regex. Uh, came before the quantifier. Okay. So just like one one character before, or you could do a group to do like a whole word, for example, or a whole set of atoms. Um, it's another tip. We've we've talked about some tips to avoid shooting yourself in the foot, like favor, uh, you know, backslash A and backslash Z over caret and dollar sign, um, you know, anchor whenever possible. Another tip is star is very dangerous. You usually want plus over star because star matches zero or more. Therefore, it always matches anything right because you can always match zero of something so you have to be very careful with the star quantifier
4: i tend to go for the plus sign quantifier rather than the star quantifier because that means the character needs to appear one or more times so it'll be there at least once
5: yes so hmm. since i i um, never remember the uh, the modifiers for like for laziness and stuff like that i tend to just or or for for look aheads and look behinds i tend to just construct a regular expression with groups in it and I'll have like a group for the stuff that's in front of what I'm actually looking for and and or a group for the stuff that's behind what I'm actually looking for and then a group for what I'm actually looking for and then I'll just explicitly extract out the group that uh, you know that I was looking for and ignore the rest is is there a reason I should really like take the time to switch from doing that to using the lookaheads and lookbehinds
0: yes Oh, do you want me to give the argument? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter, right? And, and what Avdi's talking about is you can just, you know, explicitly say, you know, uh, you know, find this followed by this. But then we have things like look aheads and look behinds, the look around assertions and the look arounds will let you basically peek forward or backwards and look for something, but they won't match it. So you can say, this has to be there, this has to not be there, but don't match it. And there are scenarios where that's significant. So if you're able to specify it and then pull it out on the other end, it's not significant and, and you're okay and you can do it either way you want. Uh, and not using the look aheads is probably less brain melting and stuff, but there are uh, scenarios where it's significant. So two I can think of off the top of my head are you need to verify that something comes after, but you need to not match it so that the next match will start at that, at the beginning of that thing, not at the end of that thing. So this typically applies when you're using a Ruby method like scan where you're scanning through all of the options, and you need to verify, like, there better be a comma at the end of this or something, but say your your thing starts matching comma, and then whatever follows it. You want to guarantee the comma is there, but if you consume that comma, then your next match would fail. Um, so in that case, you need to use uh, a look around. And the other one that I know of is... Um, Sometimes you want to peek ahead for the existence of something um, mm-hmm. and then match whether or not it matched if that was there or not. And the example I can think of off the top of my head is um, uh, the way we typically put commas and numbers when we're like humanifying them. Uh, you can reverse the, the number and then match it from the back. It's much easier because you can count three characters at the time. But uh, they usually use a look-ahead to verify there's no period there, um, and that will get it to skip over the decimal portion of a number because the natural bump-along in a regular expression engine will push it forward until there's no period, and then you can grab three numbers at a time and just start inserting commas. And that it, it, doing that without a look-around assertion, I think, requires multiple regular expressions and stuff, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but...
4: Yeah, look-arounds are great for defining the context of what you're expecting to surround your match.
0: Yeah, TextMate uses that quite a bit in its parsing. So when it's parsing through, TextMate is basically hitting the document with a series of regular expressions. And you might use a look-behind to verify there was the def keyword before you syntax highlight this thing as a method name, right? And uh, and and it has to do that because it can't move the match pointer because uh, it's in the you know mid parse of a document.
1: So one other thing that I've seen with uh, regular expressions is that it's not always the same between different languages or different engines. So, for example, I, I do regular expressions in JavaScript, and then I do regular expressions in Ruby, and a lot of the stuff is the same. I would I would guess you know a fair bit of it, 80% of it, but then there's that other 20% that's kind of weird between the two. So is there some global definition of some of these things that should be in a regular expression engine? Or is it just up to the language implementation or an uh, en-
0: engine implementer?
4: I'm not sure if there's a global standard uh, for it. Uh, James, do you know offhand?
0: I don't know of any standard. Um which is sad, right? It's like Chuck says, you basically, everywhere you go, you run into a different flavor and you have to figure out what's different. The one that actually causes me to lose sleep at night is uh, the regular expression engine inside of Emacs, uh, which I love almost everything about Emacs, except its reg engine, which should die a horrible slow death. Um, and it has, like, even inside of Emacs itself, depending on the context you use it in, is like, it, it basically subtly changes based on the context you use it in. It's horrible. But no, the, about the closest thing to a standard is people have considered Perl the golden standard for kind of a long time. And it kind of leads the way in a lot of regex development. And, um, so there's a regex engine called PCRE, Perl compatible regular expression. And that gets used, uh, in a lot of places, but it's kind of ironic because even PCRE, I don't think is perfectly 100% compatible with Perl because you know the rule, only Perl can read Perl. So it, but it's close, right? It's <laughs> only Perl
3: can read Perl. I love yeah. that. Uh, okay. So we, we talk a lot about, about regexes in, in Perl. Was Perl the first language where they were like a first class language feature?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. No, I'm not sure on that. It, I I would guess Pearl is definitely what made them popular, right? Because Perl was designed as a reporting language in the beginning, and and that was definitely a massive part of it.
3: Yeah. Well, I I guess they're um, first class constructs in in things like awk and sed and Snowball. So sure. So maybe, maybe Perl wasn't the first, but yeah, I think you're you're right. It was the first to make it popular in a sort of general purpose programming language.
0: Yeah, Perl
4: introduced regular expressions for the masses, sort of. Mm
0: -hmm. And having them as a first-class citizen, as Josh has brought up, that's really uh, an important language feature. It's one of the reasons they're so cool in Ruby, is that they are an actual object, a first-class citizen. So think about it. If you have a language where they're not, what you have to do is you have to represent all regular expressions with a string. So then the problem with that is you go through your normal string processing, which usually involves some escape sequences, right? So you can embed quotes in your strings and stuff. And then you go through the regular expression engine processing, which usually involves some uh, escape sequences. So you you end up having to, like, double or triple or quadruple, and in some cases, escape things. Uh, it becomes a nightmare. That's where you get the leaning toothpick thing, right? The backslash, yeah. slash 5 slash five slash. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, maybe we should talk a bit about, um, like Ruby specific ways of working with regular expressions. That, you know, there's, you know, they're, because they're a first class citizen in the Ruby language, they have, there's like all sorts of cool things that integrate into the language and the API. You know, maybe, uh, like the, the dollar one and dollar two, uh, match constants are are a good place to start there. Yeah. so, so when you when you do matches in the parentheses, what are those called? Capture groups?
4: Exactly. They're, and the match method in Ruby in particular works great with capture groups.
3: Can you talk about that?
4: Certainly. Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you just whetted our appetite.
4: So the match method in Ruby, uh, you provide it a regular expression and a string to do the match on. And it returns an instance of the match data class And this match data class has lots of methods that you can use. You can use, you know, 2S to see your uh, match. You can, but where it really shines is when you use capture groups. And the reason it shines for them is you can convert, it returns the capture groups and it's sort of like an array, uh, but not exactly. However, you can convert that to an array and iterate it over it like you would an array. So I could take a match data object, convert it to an array, and then use the each method on it, uh, which can be useful when I have several different capture groups uh, that I want to print out or uh, do things with.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and then there's these magic globals that are, uh, you know, so you have dollar sign one, dollar sign exactly. two.
0: It, so it, minor that, correction there, they're not global variables. That's well, I was, common... I, I,
3: James, you're stealing my thunder here.
0: I'm oh, getting... sorry. He <laughs> said,
3: said magic. Ah, yeah. he said magic. Okay, <laughs> right. So the uh, yeah, so so like dollar sign one, dollar two, dollar three. Those represent the first, second, and third capture groups in your match data. Right. That's and, correct. Yeah. So that's really convenient, and you can use them within your uh, substitution. So if you're doing a sub from a regular expression, you can you then pass in a, a string to show what you want the result to be substituted as. And you can use those dollar one, dollar two uh variables within there, which is really handy.
0: Um uh, instead there you use them as backslash one, backslash oh, two. Oh right. Yeah. It's the,
3: true. Yeah, the capture notations. Right. So the dollar one, dollar two are um come on, coffee, you're supposed to be working better than that. Yes, <laughs> so dollar so, so yeah, so one, dollar two. As James said, those aren't exactly global, even though they use the global syntax with the dollar sign, in that right. they they are bound to whatever your um stack frame is. So your your met, the method execution context. And it's interesting. I, I discovered this uh a, a couple of years ago when I was working on something and had to do uh, like some recursive stuff with with a method that was um using regular expression matching, and I didn't want to lose the state of the match in the uh parent invocation of the method and then when i recursed into into it again i would do the match again and i wanted to be able to use the globals because i what was i doing i was oh i was passing in a block and the block i wanted it to be able to use the dollar matches to get the capture groups that were matched in the enclosing method well this is way too complicated to explain on the air <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but it basically you board. you get a match in a block scope you expected them to be globals because they had a dollar sign in front of them. When you came out of scope, you realized that they were actually local variables on your stack frame and got popped
3: when you came yeah. back out of scope. Yeah, and I was so confused by it. I had to go talk to Evan Phoenix, and he explained to me that in the Ruby VM, each stack frame has a, a, like a special thing that is only used for keeping track of the, the regular expression match data results.
0: And those are, those variables are called thread local variables. And no, no, no,
3: no, that's not thread locals because this is, you can get multiple ones in, in, in one thread.
0: Ah, I thought, I thought that was the, I thought that was thread local, but maybe I'm wrong. I thought so
4: too, but uh, I might be wrong.
0: The reason that they're like that though, it makes total sense when you think about it. If they really were global variables, um, then they would be extremely scary because If you did something like match a regex, if you had like, if this regex matches, then set this value to this, right? Mm -hmm. But if you had multiple threads running and two different threads were doing that, the first match might happen in the first thread, then the second match might happen in the second thread, replacing the global variables. Then when you went to assign, you would be assigning something you have no idea what is, right? So there's a very good reason those variables can't be global variables. Yeah,
3: it, in general, thread locals—the um, scope is the whole thread. It's not just a stack frame.
0: Interesting. So,
3: so, so these are even more specific than thread locals. These are like stack frame locals, and which which makes them sort of like local variables. So you wonder why they need a special syntax for it, but that's what you got.
0: And so. Uh, so we should probably mention that Ruby's had various regex engines. Uh, over its lifespan, um, in the eight era, uh, and I'm not sure if this went all the way back to the beginning, but definitely in the eight era, it used the, uh, GNU regex engine, I believe, uh, which was pretty terrible. Uh, it was not mm-hmm. very c- capable compared to, uh, modern regex engines.
4: Uh, it didn't have look behinds.
0: Right. Uh, which was one so-
4: of the major drawbacks of it.
0: Yeah, it's a big penalty. I, I never look back, darling, at the stacks from the night. <laughs> <laughs> but then in Ruby 1.9, we got a, a massive upgrade to Oniguruma. And Oniguruma is not Pearl's regex engine, but it has pretty close to the same capabilities. And it's even faster uh, in some ways. Uh, plus, it's just like the coolest name ever. I think it means Ghost Wheel. Um, uh, or Devil's
4: is, Chariot is another translation. Yeah, of it's,
0: it's a very strange uh, translation. So we got Oniguruma in 1.9, and that came with all kinds of great features. And now in Ruby 2, uh, the most recent version of Ruby, uh, the new uh, regex engine is actually called Onigmo. And Onigmo is basically a small fork of Oniguruma, where they added in some uh advanced features of Perl 510's Regex engine, I believe. Uh So like that one of the new things you get in Enigma that you didn't have before is conditionals. You can basically match something and, and if it's there, take this branch, or if it's not there, take this branch. So you can do like if else in your Regex, right? Which is pretty cool.
1: That wouldn't break my brain.
0: <laughs> that wouldn't hurt. But um the the reason I brought this up is Josh said well why don't we just use local variables and when AniGruma was introduced into uh Ruby 1.9 you actually got the ability to use local variables. So uh Aniguruma has a named syntax so instead of referring to things by number, the first set of parentheses, the second set of parentheses, you can name your parentheses. So this is the protocol, and this is the path, right? And then you can refer to those by name through the match data object that uh, Nell mentioned earlier uh, or some other Ruby methods that allow you to specify the name. Uh, or if you do it in a certain way, and this is kind of strange, but if you put the regex on the left side of the operator and then do a match and put the string on the right side of the operator and you use named expressions, Ruby will magically create the local variables in that scope and set them to the values.
5: And I can't decide whether this is a great thing or a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of magical and kind of weird, right? And it's weird that local variables kind of pop out of nowhere, right?
5: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like I want to use it because it's really neat and it makes a lot of sense, actually. But at the same time, it, they do kind of pop out of nowhere. I mean, you can see them in the regular expression, pres- assuming that the regular expression is right there. But,
3: uh, yeah. the, the, Okay. So, so the thing that I was talking about earlier in, in my use of the, 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 ma- the capture group magic globals was, uh, I had a, a method that took a block and it did some matching within the method. And then, pa- and then within the block, it was using the dollar uh, you know, the, the capture group variables within the block to access the match data that happened within the enclosing method. And that, that was incredibly convenient when I was doing that because I didn't have to actually pass anything in as an explicit argument to the block.
0: Right. Cool. You can do that in, uh, sub and gsub too. A lot of people don't know this and it's really handy. Sub and gsub take a block. So yeah. if you, if you don't want to specify like, if you need to do something kind of complicated in the producing the result, you can just not specify the replacement string and use a block instead. And inside that block, you'll have access to all the capture group variables. And you can do whatever calculation you need to do using Ruby and build up the answer. And whatever the block returns, that will be the replacement.
3: Yes. I, I, oh, I, I got to mention my one of my favorite uh, Ruby API methods and that's the enumerable uh, grep because that, that's kind of like a sub or G sub, but it, it, you, you uh, call it on an array of strings and pa- and pass in a regular expression and it will go and match the regular expression on each of those strings and then you get to um, play with the results in the in the block as you iterate over all the values.
1: So it's sort of like a select with a match regular expression in the block.
0: Yes, um, yeah. it, it is. It is kind of like that. Yes, um, grep is actually even cooler than Josh just said because what it's actually doing is using the three equal operator the same way case does. Mm-hmm. Like case case equal operator is it sometimes called. Right. So what I love using grep for, aside from regex, which is awesome, is if you have a list of different things, you can grep for like classes. Um, so the, and because they use the three equal, it will match if the objects are of that type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you can separate things out. It's very interesting.
3: You, you, and, and I guess with, um, since Ruby 1.9, you know, with using three equals for calling, uh, lambdas or procs, you can just pass in, uh, lambda. That's right. As, as well. And you know, anything that has that, mm-hmm. like, call, callable API will work.
0: So my favorite regex method, since we're talking about them, there's two I I love that I don't see people use very often. One is regexes uh, always favor the leftmost match, right? Because they start at the beginning, and then they kind of bump the match along until they find one. So they always favor the leftmost match, which means when you're trying to get the rightmost match, it's a nightmare, um, right? Because you have to anchor to the end or something and, and work backwards to get the rightmost match, or in Ruby, you can call rindex, r-i-n-d-e-x on a string, and pass in a regex, and it will hit the string with that regex starting at the end, and work its way backwards, so it will find the rightmost, which is an interesting twist on a regex problem. And the other thing that people never use, and is so ridiculously convenient, is, um, The, just the, I call it indexing, uh, I think Avdi calls it subscripting, where you just, you know, have a string or an array or whatever and you just tack on some brackets and you put in what you want to, uh, subscript to, you know, you, you specify a range of characters or whatever. You can also specify a regular expression and it will turn, return the part of that string that matches the regular expression, which is kind of cool until you realize you can provide a second argument of which part of the match regular expression you want returned. And that can be an integer for like a capture group, or it can be a symbol, which is the name of a named capture group in your regular expression. I use that way more than the match operator. It's excellent. So everybody should play with that.
4: On that note, one of the things I really love about the match method, which I didn't know until recently, is that you can pass two arguments to it, actually. You can pass a str- the string, and then you can pass an integer to specify what character, what character index, what character number, I suppose, you want to start the match from. So you can start the match in the middle of the string if you want to, or two thirds of the way through it. It doesn't necessarily have to start at the beginning.
3: And that's great because the way with, uh, you know, the match operator and Ruby returns the number, which is the index of of where the match Mm -hmm. happened. So it's pretty easy to write a loop that will scan forward through the string, you know, chunk by chunk.
0: Yes. Although when I'm doing that, I use another feature that no one knows about, which is the backslash g anchor. And that is an anchor in a regular expression that will anchor to the position where the last match stopped. So if you want to do that and go through where you like chewing through items one at a time, one way is to do like Josh just said and make a loop where you keep track of where the last match stopped and then you advance the string forward. Another way is just to call scan one time and use the backslash G operator, which will force it to anchor to where the last match stopped.
3: I I think that's what makes regular expressions turning complete
0: uh, it could be i don't know but because you can anchor to where the last match stopped it keeps your regex from like running off into the hinterlands to find a match way after uh, way after would it match last time
4: i've got to try that now
0: yeah it's an awesome trick
4: so
2: what are some of the things you shouldn't use reg- uh, regular expressions for
4: I usually tell people, uh, if you can use a regular expression to match a literal string, I mean, if I want to match the word cat in my string, I can just do slash cat slash, Uh, but that really isn't necessary. Uh, I tell people, if you're going to be matching a literal string, just do the literal string, you know, equals equals cat or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent example. I read a Pearl book once that said, Firing up the regex engine to do an equals match is like clubbing somebody to death with a loaded Uzi. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, you don't need that much power.
1: <laughs> yeah, and another one is uh, I think the string class also includes an include question mark or something like that. That's right. So if you want to mm-hmm. know if if it's just in there, you, you know, you don't need to like match something out or you know match anything complicated. You can just use that.
0: Or in, in one nine we got start with question mark and end with question mark. So usually before that, you would fire up the regex engine and do like, you know, backslash A and whatever you wanted it to start with. Um, now you can just call those methods, right? Hmm, that's true. Uh, hey,
3: l- let's talk about uh, the substitution side. Okay, bit. but
0: before we do, can I give my favorite answer to Katrina's question ever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, please do. The things you should not uh, use Regus to match for, the one that always gets thrown out, is uh, you should not use it to parse HTML. And uh, you will see people write these crazy, hairy, regular expressions trying to parse through HTML, but HTML is <laughs> so flexible and complicated. It gets crazy scary fast. And, uh, oh yeah, it looks like Katrina linked to it in the show notes, but there is this stack overflow thread which you all have to go read because it is so hilarious. Uh <laughs> they give this answer of why you shouldn't use regex to uh parse <laughs> HTML. And I <laughs> promise you cannot read this and not bust out laughing. It is absolutely I, I'm laughing just just looking at the page. <laughs> yeah. It's it's epic. You have to go read that thread. So That's I
1: I'm asking for a spoiler here, I guess, but what do they recommend that you use instead then?
0: And and, and HTML parser, yeah, right an actual it. grammar, <laughs> yes, yeah. a parser. That's Another- true of most most things, right? RegEx are really powerful, and you can, you know, there's the whole can you and should you, right? Can you write a RegEx that reasonably matches most HTML? You probably actually can now that now that they're so powerful. Should you do that? Definitely not. <laughs> right? What, what
3: okay, okay. Then there's the holy grail of, of regexes, which is an email address validation regex.
0: Oh. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one comes up all the time. It's been published in books. It's been removed from those same books in later <laughs> editions because it's so unbelievably complicated and there's no good reason to do it, right? Think about it. <laughs> Yeah. If you Even if you prove that the email is perfectly correct according to the RFC, which is quite a monumental task, uh, even if you prove that, you've proven nothing. You have not proven you can email that person, <laughs> yeah. right? So the right thing to do is send an email to that person, <laughs> right? Because then you prove everything. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. That, I, I, I just love that that's such a, a, a known problem that even just saying that makes everyone burst out laughing.
1: Well, it, it's funny too because I think that's why a lot of these systems have gone to the "We're going to verify your account by sending you an email."
0: Right. It's the only. It's the only correct way to do it. It's the only way you know that you can actually communicate with that person. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. Um. So, what about substitutions? Shall we accept no substitutions? <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh,
3: okay. The so the the thing that I okay so sub and G sub on. Regular expressions in Ruby, uh, you you give it a regular expression and then you give it give it a substitution string to say, okay, take the match data from the string that I was matching and I'm going to mash it around and have it uh, look different. So you know you might be trying to swap the first and the last name and put a comma between them. So you would match on the first name, match on the last name, and then you would substitute it into like backslash two comma backslash one and that, and that that sounds that sounds awesome to start with. And then you actually start trying to type those things and everything blows up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was actually a little disappointed when I came from Perl because uh, Perl substitution strings, they're, they're pretty killer. They have like, um, you can change the case of things that you're uh, putting into the substitution string. So you can use these escapes and a lowercase, whatever comes after until you define the stop point and, Stuff like that, and, and Ruby kind of is missing all that, and it just has the the uh, groups that we've talked about the being able to hit the name or not yeah, the name the number of groups. What, what so, you,
1: in order to do that, you interpolate the value. You do a hash
3: curly or, brace, or you can you can use the block form.
0: Yeah, that okay. was what I didn't realize. The block form is aces, right? Is if you switch the block form, then you have all of Ruby to make the replacement, right? you can do whatever you want, so you can just do dollar one dot upcase, right, or whatever, whereas Perl does have the same thing, actually, it does it in a different way, it has a, an escape or a mode that you put on, and then the replacement becomes Perl code instead of uh, a normal replacement string, so you can do that too, but yeah, the, the block is how you generate any complicated substitution, and you do have to be careful in substitution with the escapes which is probably the problem josh is hinting at the most
3: yeah and, and so james is there actually something weird going on with the substitution strings even when they're single quoted yes or, yeah yes so, there so, is. so so you probably are one of the you, like you and nell are probably the only people i know who can actually explain that so <laughs> so please explain that
0: Nell, you want to take a shot at it
4: Oh, uh, why don't you go ahead and take that one? <laughs> it's like, it is, it is, like,
0: it is it's horribly like defu- complicated. It's, it's it like defusing a
3: bomb. Yes, <laughs> like, oh, no, no, go is. ahead. It's your turn.
0: <laughs> so, the, so the problem with it is what Josh is talking about. Even if you single quote your string, you'll put it there and you'll think, oh, I'm using single quoting. So this just it, it's just whatever I type. But that's not the case. And the reason is because it still passes through. Two layers of escaping. So single quoting does have it does have its few escapes. It only has a few, but there are they are there. Uh, the backslash single quote and the backslash backslash right. I believe are the only two escapes it has. So it mm-hmm. passes through that layer of the escaping. Then it passes through the regex engine deescaping, which is w- why you're able to do things like backslash one or backslash two. So even in a single quote, depending on what you're trying to match, and it gets absolutely nightmarish if you're trying to match a backslash. That's where it just goes brain-meltingly bad, is uh, because you're passing through two layers of escaping, and then it's much worse in double quotes uh, replacements because uh, of the massively expanded set of... Uh, what is an escape in double quoted strings. Right. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been, I've I've like ended up with like four or, or more backslashes in a row.
0: Yes, that's right. If you're trying to, if you're trying to match some kind of backslash or uh, something, you know, a backslash followed by something and, and you have to pass through both of those escape engines. So you end up doubling it at each level. Right. And that's, that's what causes the problem. So
1: so just to clarify, it uh, escapes the string, like just the regular string escaping, and then does the regex engine escaping?
0: That's right. It passes through two layers. So just to be valid Ruby syntax, it has to be formed like a normal string, right? And so it's a string, and, and you have to do whatever escaping you would have to do to make that string in Ruby. Then it gets handed off to the regex engine, and the regex engine hits it with its escapes, which is... Mostly backslash one, backslash two. Uh, the reg extension also allows like backslash ampersand, I think, for like pre-match. And I can't remember what post-match is, or maybe I got those backwards. Anyways, there's a couple others. Uh, backslash zero is the entire match. And, mm. and because it goes through two layers of escaping, then, you know, you, in order to get a backslash actually down to, the second layer, you know, just to get a backslash through a double-quoted string, it's two backslashes, right? But then if you want it that to end up getting down to the regex engine, you need backslash, 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 so that when it goes through the first layer, it becomes backslash, backslash, and then when it gets to the second layer, it's actually what you thought, right? Okay,
3: and, and, and then and then the, the kicker here is that if you're playing around in IRB trying to make this stuff work, when you're printing the strings that you're playing with... IRB uses a, uh, like if you're doing a puts on it, it, it inspects the string. So you get the, the quoting when you're printing the, scr- the string and it goes and inserts like backslash whatever. Exactly. In there. Yeah.
0: So, yes. So. It always uses double quoted strings, which almost always makes the problem worse, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, if you hate this problem, you hate any language that does not have regex as a first class citizen. <laughs> Right. Because everything, this problem multiplies by like a thousand if you don't have a regex syntax, because you mm-hmm. have to do this every single time you want to define a regular expression.
3: Okay. So, so th- this, uh, jogs my memory. The, th- the single most important pro tip that I learned about regular expressions in Ruby is the percent R literal form of regular expressions. Yeah. It's really, because, because yep. normally you define a regular expression starting with a slash. And, and ending with the slash and those are your delimiters and everything inside there is your regular expression. And, or maybe that includes the slashes. I don't know. But the, but if you want to use a slash within there, you have to quote it with a backslash first. But if you, you but if you use percent R and then group that, you know, you then use like curly braces or parentheses or whatever as the delimiters, you don't have to escape the slashes because they're just ordinary characters. They're no longer delimiters. And that's, oh. that's, so like if you're doing anything with slashes in it like a like a URL if you're trying to match a URL yeah,
0: that's the perfect example.
3: Yeah, I, or or a file path or something. Anything with slashes in it like that you I always use the percent r form.
4: Exactly. Uh the Ruby programming language book has a pretty good good explanation of it.
0: Yeah, yes, that's where I learned it. Percent you can you can choose your own delimiter. So I usually just use like braces because it is really smart and it will even do nested braces. Right. Um, so even if you have braces inside of it, as long as they're properly nested, then it'll still work. Um, sometimes I'll choose like exclamation mark or something that's not likely to occur in my regex.
3: Don't you use like the, the French quotation marks? (laughs) Some people do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that.
4: Uh, it's, it's a way of doing it, but it, Sometimes adds to the problem more than solves it, uh, depending on the language of the person who's looking at it.
3: Oh, oh, come on. All of computer engineering is about substituting a more interesting problem for a more boring problem. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: What Have are you French did- quotation marks?
3: It's like the RA quo and LA quo. Yeah. Uh, elements in html that you know the Mm -hmm. in in french the quotation marks are like these angled angle brackets yeah it
0: looks like two less thans and two greater thans kind of smashed together right
5: sometimes called guillemots or something like that yes i don't know how it's pronounced
0: yeah but if you want to use that you'll need to turn on uh utf-8 mode right so you can use that character in your syntax
3: like i said a more interesting problem
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure now
4: you have three problems (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you also—I mean, even even in English, in our—if you're in a word processor, you get the smart quotes, which are the the, right. yep. the open open quotes and end quotes are different characters because yep. they're curved mm-hmm. different ways.
0: You will have to turn on UTF-8 to use that too. <laughs> That's it. I'm
5: coding Ruby in Word from now on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> so, so so no no you uh you uh you alluded to that uh, canonical joke.
4: Right, right. Uh, it was. Uh, it's an XKCD. Uh, I, I don't have a link offhand, but it basically, I believe, it shows a stick figure saying, "You know, I coded in pearl, then I added a regex X, and now I have two problems." Uh, it, it's been a while since I looked at it.
2: Uh, Actually, the the original quote ca- came off a mailing list uh, <laughs> years back. The the XKCD. Drawing was a stick figure saving the world because they know regular expressions. That
3: was awesome. Yeah, that that, 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 that one was right. actually one, that was going to be one of my picks. So I have the, uh, Oh, oh, actually, I have the, the other thing is my pick. So I it's just like, uh,
0: stand back. I know regular expressions. <laughs>
3: yeah. Hang on. I'll
0: Sometimes put... I feel like that though. Sometimes I see, I literally saw someone solve this problem one time uh, in, in Ruby and it's just, because regex are so built in and so pervasive, and supported by so many uh, methods and stuff, sometimes you can take extreme shortcuts if you know a little bit of regular expression. And I swear, I, I somebody solved this problem and they wrote a method to do it. And I looked at the method; it's like a twenty-line method. And they came to me and they're like, is there a more efficient way to do this? And it's like, yes, here's the regular expression.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like showing someone the exponent operator. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're stuck doing addition. And you're like, oh, well, we have this other operator.
0: Right.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, have some power. Um,
4: so it looks like XKCD has done two regular expressions comics. Uh, the other one is... If you're having Perl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, so I used regular expressions. Now I have 100 problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Like, again, proving regex is great for math. So there you go.
3: Yay. Um. Okay. So so uh, what else? What what else do we have to talk about here? The are, uh, like, what's the worst regular expression abuse you've ever seen?
1: You mean beside email addresses?
0: Yeah, email addresses uh, is the one that comes up over and over and over again. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll accept that answer.
4: Uh, okay. One of the, the picks I have, which I'll go into later, but it's uh, Regex explain Demystifying Regular Expressions. It was a presentation by Leah uh, Veru at O'Reilly Fluent, and she goes into Regex Best Practices, and one of them is knowing when to stop. Uh, regular expressions, being able to filter out the vast majority of non-matches to your regular expression, but not creating a huge regex that no one will be able to read, which I think is exactly what that email validation is.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one of the great tricks for um, not creating a huge expression that I use over and over again is if if I am kind of parsing something, a little something, <laughs> um And I want to pick it apart a piece at a time. You can do that with a big complicated regex, but you shouldn't, right? Because the problem with those is that what you end up doing is you're like, Oh, that part at the beginning of the string, I didn't match that right. So you go tweak that part only to find out later that you busted how it matches some other case, right? Mm -hmm. So the, they get unwieldy, right? As they grow and grow, they, they, you small change in some area modifies how it matches something else, and it gets unwieldy. And you can often get around that problem by using the Ruby standard library has a string scanner in it. And string scanner is like a stupid, uh, stupid, simple concept. It's it's actually one Josh brought up earlier where you match a regex against some string and basically keep track of where you stopped matching, right? And string scanner does this for you. So So yeah, you can just put a string into it and then you just hit regexes on the string and it forces them to match at where the pointer is. And the pointer starts at the beginning of the string. And then as you match, the pointer jumps forward to the end of that match. So you can just match things off the top. And it almost always makes those large, complicated regexes where you're trying to digest the whole thing It lets you bust them up into a bunch of stupid, simple regexes, Mm -hmm. right? So there should be this, then there should be this, then if this matches, go this way, if this matches, go that way. And uh, that's a really great trick that I use to simplify complicated regular expressions a lot.
1: Another another thing that I do is, depending on how simple what I'm trying to parse is, a lot of times I'll just use the string split method, if I know how they're delimited, and then use a regex from there.
0: Yeah. So another
2: thing about string, it's, uh, string split is that you can use a regex in the string split to yes. split
0: on. It's another method, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh,
3: here, here's, here's one of my favorite tricks with, uh, regexes in, in Ruby. You can use a case statement and on a, on a string and then each of the whens can take a regular expression. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, because they match, you know, the, the 3 equal operator is how That's case equality, and regexes can work with the 3 equal operator.
0: Going back to what Katrina just said about split, there's another awesome trick. If you use a regex in split, and your regex contains grouping, uh, capturing, I mean, sorry, parentheses, and it captures something, then that capture will also be returned as another element in the match set. So using split, like if you split on comma, usually it would take away the commas, right? And you would get what was just between the commas. But if you actually need that separator, you could do a regex parentheses, comma, parentheses. And then you would add, you would get the item before the comma, and then as a separate entry, the comma, and then the item after the comma. So you can actually get it to return the separator if you use a regular expression.
4: Hmm. Mm, it's nifty.
0: I feel smarter already. Lots of Ruby methods have tricks like that. The ones we've been talking about on the whole show, but like, oh, indexing can take the the regex and then change how it behaves and, and split. You can definitely tell regex were baked into Ruby from the get-go, and there's lots of features that lean on them.
1: Nice. All right, well, I think we're uh, running close to our time. In fact, I think we're already in an hour. This has just been fascinating, and I'm sure we could sit here and talk about it for another hour.
0: (laughs) Easily. (laughs) Go learn some regex!
1: So, uh, are we going to make any regex jokes? Like, you guys have been uh, encouraging me to play with matches the whole time we've been talking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure David would have a field day with uh, regular,
3: but... Didn't we we open with that joke? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. (laughs)
2: I don't think we did. I think you promised David you would make the joke, and then you didn't.
0: Yeah, geez. oh, 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 yeah. That
3: was just in the pre-show. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh. um, the moment has passed. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, then, uh, if there's nothing else, let's let's go ahead and hit the picks. James, do you want to kick us off with picks?
0: Sure, I will. I've been. Uh, I got to thank uh, Eric Hodel and Evan Light for these picks because they were having a conversation on twitter that i got dragged into about one of my all-time favorite games if you're a regular uh rogues listener you've probably figured out that uh i love masters of orion and consider it like the best strategy game ever um well it turns out you can actually play these really old games uh even on modern computers there's uh this great site gog.com for good old games um, and they have Masters of Orion one and two for like six bucks. I picked them up and my wife and I spent the weekend playing, uh, Masters of Orion and it's still absolutely amazing. Uh, it's still as great as it always was. So if you like me, love those games, then, uh, you should check them out. And if you just love old games, you should check out, uh, gog.com. Uh, another thing they made me aware of that I didn't know of is there is a good version of an Orion-like game for the uh, iOS, so you can play it on your phone uh, or iPad, and it's called Starbase Orion, uh, and it's really good. It's very similar to Mewtwo in a lot of ways. The combat's a little different, um, so it has some minuses of not being quite as tactical as uh, Mewtwo was in the combat, but uh, at the same time, uh, it has some neat twists when they're, uh, you're playing with friends, and you can basically go in and help each other in fights, which is kind of neat. And you can play this, like, asynchronously uh, with other people. So uh, it's pretty cool stuff, actually. It's uh, neat for if you like to play these games with other people. So a super cool strategy game uh, that you can play in different places. Those are my picks.
3: All right. uh, Josh, what are your picks? So, okay, so my first pick is, uh, let's see, uh, somebody already took one of my picks, which was the XKCD comic about regular expressions. But there's also a T-shirt! Uh, so uh, my pick is the uh, XKCD stand back, everybody. I know regular expressions t-shirt. So um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you too can save the day with your knowledge of context free grammars. Uh, okay. The, and then um, uh, it's been a busy week for me. So my other pick is a very clever trick that many people don't know that you can do in Skype. And that's if you, uh, typo something when you're typing in the chat, log, chat room in Skype, uh, you can use the, um, the old syntax from, I think it was, was that set or awk or snow, I think snowball, <laughs> where you, you type S and then a slash and then your search string and slash and then your substitution string. And so, like, if you, if you type T E H in, and then hit return, you type S slash T E H slash T A G and it will correct your typo and no one will be the wiser.
0: It's uh it's most people know that from perl. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's perl syntax.
1: Yeah, it's also pretty close to uh, vim.
3: Right. Yeah. So but it works in emacs it's great. <laughs> so I I had been typing that I mean not in emacs it works in uh, skype and yeah but I um I've been typing that in IRC for years as a message to the other readers that, oh well here I'm correcting my typo in my last in my last thing but uh, Skype just does it for you so I was I, I, it was one of those features that I found by accident
0: there was a there was an IRC client that would do it too it uh-huh. might have been colloquially and you might have had to grab a plug-in for it but there was an IRC client that when you did that it would go and grab your last input and fix it and repost it okay hmm. so
1: anyway that's it for me this week nice Katrina what are your picks
2: Today, I'm going to pick Brakeman, because I can't believe we actually haven't picked it yet. Brakeman is an open source vulnerability scanner for Ruby on Rails, um, and it uses static analysis to find security issues. um, And it is really, really good. And I do believe that this is what the Code Climate Security Monitor uses as its core.
5: Cool. Avdi, what are your picks? All right, so James mentioned that r- using regular expressions or, or trying to write regular expressions in Emacs is horrible, and I totally agree because it doesn't have a regular expression literal of its own. But um, there are if you, if you do use Emacs, there are a couple of built-in tools that make regular expressions a lot nicer. Um, there's Rx, which is basically a macro where you can type out a regular expression as an S expression. Uh, it's kind of like a longhand uh, for regular expressions, where rather than using the short little symbols, you use you use things like zero or more, or one or more. And, and it's basically just Lisp code, except that you're building a regular expression, and then it, it evaluates that and turns it into a, an Emacs regular expression. And that's built in. There's also something called Regex Builder, or RE Build, or RE Builder, or something like that. Which is basically just an interactive window where you can build up a regular expression and, and back in the main window it, it's like showing you what it's matching and, and you can see like what, what the different groups are matching and stuff like that. It's it's really handy.
0: That uh, RE builder is awesome because you can tell it to not use this super dumb default backslashes everywhere mode and Mm. you you can build it normal and it will insert all the stupid backslashes for you (laughs) when you take it out.
5: Nice. I did not know that. So um one non technical pick is gonna be Southwest Airlines. I'd been flying them long enough that I'd started to wonder if like, you know, maybe my impression of like how much nicer they are than other airlines had gotten kind of skewed. But having spent the last uh spent twelve hours or so um uh, under the tender mercies of u s airways uh I think that Southwest really is like light night and day from other from other airlines when it comes to what the people are like. I don't know what they what they do or what they feed their their people but uh i miss non surly flight attendants and gate attendants and all that stuff
0: plus one <laughs> yes, I've actually seen on Southwest airlines like there was a short flight and they couldn't get up from the seat. And so they weren't going to do the snack thing. So the the uh, flight attendant in the front literally just starts hucking packages of peanuts. <laughs> everyone. That is the kind of thing they do. They are so much. Fun. I,
5: I, I've been on a, on us on a cross country, uh, you know, coast to coast, Southwest flight where long about the middle, uh, one of them got up there and led a stretching session.
0: That's <laughs> awesome.
1: Nice. I I usually fly Delta, and I I flew uh, Frontier
3: once or twice, and and they're pretty horrible too. Frontier is. Uh, I I just miss PSA Airlines. They 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 were like Southwest, uh, you know, back in the 80s or whatever they were. They were much more fun than everybody these days. (laughs) Pacific Southwest Air, yeah. Anyway, cool. Sorry sorry
1: about hijacking your pick. (laughs) Always. so, so Southwest Airlines, do you have any others? that's it. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Um, I've been playing... Uh, I was pretty burned out a couple of weeks ago, and the way that I got through it was uh, I went and bought StarCraft 2. StarCraft is one of my all-time favorite computer games, and uh, StarCraft 2 has just been a lot of fun. And uh, so at first I just played several hours just to kind of get over everything. I'm not sure exactly what, what my issues were. I was just kind of ride. Um, but then I started doing things like uh, I would work for an hour and then I could play a, a campaign on uh, StarCraft and uh, that worked out. And so now I'm kind of back back in it and, and feeling good and enjoying coding again. And so that's one pick. Another pick that I have is a TV show that I've been watching. It's not my favorite TV show, but I think it's pretty good. It's called Continuum and it's on uh, Sci-Fi. Here in the US, it's actually a Canadian TV show. And so the Canadians get it first and then the the uh, Brits get it next and then we get it after that. So uh, anyway, uh, those are my picks. Uh, Nell, what are your picks?
4: All right. My first pick is a blog post by Patrick Shaughnessy called Exploring Ruby's Regular Expression Algorithm. Uh, if you've ever been curious about how Ruby or Oniguruma works under the hood in the C code, uh, it's a fantastic introduction to, the, to that, and it's amazing to see how it works, you know, how the magic of regular expressions works, uh, and see the code that does that. Uh, the next is Regex Explained, Demystifying Regular Expressions, uh, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, it's a presentation by Leah Veru at O'Reilly Fluent. And it's a fascinating, not only walkthrough of Regex in general, but also look at Regex from a JavaScript and web development standpoint. And as I mentioned earlier, it presents several Regex best practices, which I hadn't thought of before. So it was very enlightening. Uh, My final pick is a non-technical pick, and it's Naginata, which is a... Uh, martial art I've been practicing for about a year and a half now, and it's a Japanese martial art that's very similar to Kendo, but rather than using a bamboo sword, it actually uses uh, about a six foot long pole arm with a bamboo blade at the end. Well, the practice ones use bamboo, the, the real ones obviously use a real blade, and it's a fantastic break from my computer screen you know it's a way of uniting body mind and spirit uh when i'm programming i'm constantly planning one step ahead and that sometimes spills over into real life and when i'm doing Naginada, i need to be fully in the moment which helps me think clearer and feel much better and those are my picks
0: that's awesome
1: yeah that is cool all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. One thing I want to mention, I should have probably mentioned it at the beginning of the show, is that uh, several people have pointed out that there are issues with the RSS feed not having all of the episodes in it. I am fighting the good fight with FeedBurner and losing. So, um, if you notice that your feed podcatcher, whatever you want to call it, uh, redirects you to a new feed sometime soon, um, that's me. <laughs> And uh, it will redirect you to a feed that has all of the episodes in it. So just be aware that's something that we are working on. And um, that's also a feature that's going to go into the new devchat.tv is a feed that will um, behave the way that you want it to. So
3: anyway. Um, hey, 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 Chuck, w- one last thing. Um, yes. I, I realized uh, looking at Twitter yesterday that yesterday, um, as we record this, so uh, May 7th, uh, was the one-year birthday of the Ruby Rogues Parlay list?
1: That's right. We announced Yay! it at RailsConf
3: last year. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh yeah. You know, so uh, happy birthday to all those uh, Parlay members! Thanks for supporting the show. And uh, if uh, if, uh, if uh, you're listening to this and hadn't heard of the Parlay list before, go to Parlay.RubyRogues.com. P-A-R-L-E-Y, um, and that's our private discussion list. And you can chat with us about the shows and other. Other people in our our uh, list now. We have like well over a thousand people on the list now, Yeah. and it's a uh, really good uh, high quality content, low noise, and uh, lots of most fun.
0: Of, most of the guests we've had on ha- are also on the list, including Martin Fowler, who posted in um, uh, Nell's thread that I mentioned earlier about regular expression. He's in there. Jim Weirich, all, everybody. It's great. Yeah.
4: I was really flattered when he posted in a thread that I started. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have to say that
1: it's it's actually really cool that we have guys like Jim and Martin that that actually get in and read the list and participate. It it's really, really cool, at least in my mind. So, awesome. well, cool. so should we yeah. mention
0: the book club date now that we have one?
1: Yes. Oh sure.
0: It is June nineteenth. We're doing Explore It again by Elizabeth Hendrickson. So June 19th, it's a short book, that's plenty of time to read it, so you have no excuses.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like it's coming up soon, but yeah, it's it's not a long read, so.
3: So wait, we're recording on the 19th, so that'll air, or, or be available for download.
0: Good yeah, point, the, you're right, yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. out the week after.
3: So everyone else gets an extra week. Although, um, you know, I think we're trying more to get the um, the speaker, or the, the guest's, Uh, and the author is engaged on the parlay list more. So if you have questions about the book that we can discuss on the air, read it beforehand, get those questions in on parlay and we we can talk to the author about that.
1: Yeah. And and finally, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that we are all going to be in Austin, uh, for Lone Star Ruby conference. So if you want to (laughs) meet all of us, then, uh, that's a good way to do it. Um, so go register for the conference and we'll see you there.
0: Backslash little Z.